Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cosmic Voice. This is Season 4, Episode 19, our Christmas in July episode. I am here with my co-host, Chris Natalini. Merry Christmas in July, sir. And I am Mick Michaels. Welcome back, everybody, to a jingle jangle here midsummer. Chris! Happy holidays to you, buddy. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you, brother. I know you're excited. I am excited. excited. I am excited. Hallmark's got something going on all month and even some brand new ones, especially for Christmas in July. Can you hear it? Listen, I hear the sleigh bells ringing now. Oh. (laughs) But welcome, everybody. This is an exciting time, especially for me. I don't know about you, but for me, very exciting time. Christmas in July. I exchange presents. We have a little meal. We make cookies. Oh, it's exciting. It's exciting. That's awesome, brother. So so now let me ask you this. So the new Hallmark movies, are they made? Let's see. So they play them in July. Now, those movies that play in July, are they supposed to be taking place in December? Yeah, they're, or they're they yeah, really they're, t- yeah, because okay, so I mean, they got, I mean, they have like, like 75 years worth of movies, right? So, and the, all of them are primarily, you know, within that silly season. So, yeah, you're just going to get a month long of Christmas in July. It's all good. They did a week, of, like in the end of June, there was a week kind of like... Like lead up to it every Friday night, though you know, following January, they have a Christmas movie. You know, at eight o'clock, it's such a big deal for. I mean, really, the amount of money that they make. I mean, they got their own Hallmark wines, and you know, everybody forgets that Hallmark was a card company. Yeah, and yeah. you know, now they're a TV cable or whatever you call it now. You know, I don't know. Is, is cable streaming? Still, well, yeah, I guess streaming, it, right? Mogul. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I don't know if, if people still use cable. Is that word even? I don't. Besides the physical cable know. that actually attaches to your house somewhere, you know, exactly. in a lot of the exactly. new neighborhoods you don't even see wires. It's all underground, baby. It's all underground. Honestly, that's so Santa doesn't get caught on the wires and the telephone poles and you know, all that kind. Of, telephone poles? What's that? They still exist in places. They do. They do. They exist in the same places that Trump flags still exist. I get it. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Uh-oh, a little political here in the Christmas season. See, I'm goofy. I'm goofy because I'm so excited. <laughs> so, so, so. I'm these, choking you. I'm uh, choking you. You are. I know. That was good. I didn't expect that. So, these Lifetime movies, are the actors and actresses, are there big names that you're excited to see, or are they just normal? No, no. You know, I mean, listen. Well, I mean, again, if you're a Hallmark fan, they're big names in the Hallmark industry, right? I mean, okay, some of these right, people right. have moved 
through, they were either TV actors or sitcom actors right. at one time. I mean, you know, you'll get some other people like, you know, Danny Glover's been in a couple. Christopher Lloyd's done some. You know, you'll get some of those, you know, Dolly Parton. Right. I mean, we're talking gigantic names here. Ba-bum-bum. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, anybody that's a fan of Rhinestone or Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, Nine Six to Pack, five. right? Nine to Five. Right? right? Is that what five, it was called? Baby. Six Pack? With Kenny Rogers, and they were the race car people. Like, Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah there was so. like the, the kids, right. and yeah, yeah, yeah I think you're right. Oh, yeah, digging deep into oh, the yeah. 80s. Woo! But yeah, you know what I mean? Well, it's probably easy work, right? Like, they probably work a couple of weeks, you know, and they just go to some set and they're there for a few weeks and they're gone. It's probably easy little paycheck. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess, listen, give me that job. I'll uh, I'll do I'll do my Hell best yeah. at butchering it up. I'll butcher it up for you. Listen, I'll fall in love with some ad executive in a small town. <laughs> yeah, really? I hear that. <laughs> I hear that. So what have you been up to? You know what I've been up to? Lugging Christmas trees around and putting tinsel all over the town. Well, I have also been getting ready for Christmas in July because I know this is a big time for you. So, you know, I'm just getting out my um, my Christmas candles and, uh, you know, some Christmas decorations. And, you know, what the hell the house to smell like holly and, you know, pine trees. And so we're good. We're good, man. We're good. We're getting ready. Get nice, ready. Nice. You buy a bunch of that holiday soap, you know, you put it out in your bathrooms, your guest bathroom, your, you know, so when people come over, they, they get the fragrance, they get all excited. Well, I still have some of that. I've been, I've been putting it out. It's got a little bit of cinnamon and stuff like that. Makes you feel like it's winter. It's kind of exciting, actually. You, you hit that and you go, oh, yeah, look at that. And, you know, you wash your hands and you're thinking of like, you know, I don't know what you're thinking of. Christmas balls and presents. I don't, I don't know. You, know you, you decide what you want to think of, but... You know, but anyway, it's a good feeling. You know what I mean? Sometimes smells and sounds and it's exciting, man. I love it. Oh, it is, man. You know, there's the first smell like, you know, be serious. Like, you know, coming to the holiday time, those first smells of cookies or a pine tree or, you know, like, you know, those certain smells of Christmas cookies, you know, they really take us back. Right. Yeah, you just get kind of like it's transported, like it's time travel in a sense, you know. Yeah, and you get yeah, all these, exactly. you get this rush of emotion, and you you think of people that are no longer with you, and all that kind of stuff. You know, the older you get, it seems that list gets bigger and bigger. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, but they're good times. You remember like when they were there, or you know, like things that you shared and laughs that you had. And I mean, there's some bad times in there too. Listen, every family has. I mean, you know, you can't spell family without lies or fighting or yelling. At each other, name calling, a <laughs> lot of cursing, especially in my family. You know what I mean? You couldn't have a holiday meal without somebody coming at you with a fork or throwing something at you. You knew, you knew then it was Christmas at that point. That's right. You know what That's I mean? right. When That's somebody's right. plate ended up in the sink and it wasn't finished yet, you know what I'm saying? You're done. <laughs> or against the wall. Yeah, kind of like at a bar, you know, where you've been kind of cut off. You're done. You're no more. <laughs> out of here. Kind of that's the way it was with us, too. So. <laughs> nope, you don't get to finish that. Sorry. Nope, you're done. Dunzo. Yeah, a few years ago, I started with my immediate family. We would do like a little Pollyanna, something real basic, under 10 bucks. I think this year, under 20 bucks. It's just fun. You know, it breaks up the norm. And as the family's starting to grow, you know, my immediate family's starting to grow a little bit with, you know, my kids now being adults and having significant others and stuff. So they've been kind of brought into the fold. It's kind of cool in that regard. I think at first some of the people look at you, you know, look at us as like, wait a minute, 
are you people all right? Like that's something they learn about them. It's not like like you know on the on the first few dates you go, oh yeah, by the way, my family celebrates Christmas in July, and that's usually a red flag to run. But you know, it's kind of you know, but we get the little ham and you know do something. It's it's kind of neat. I don't know. I think it's kind of neat. It breaks up the. Listen, it, I know it was. Christmas in July was developed as a marketing ploy to break up the year for people, right? It right. gave a reason for stores to do sales and run special things and sometimes gear up early shopping, right? To kind of, yeah. kind yeah. of promote yeah. the economy, so to speak. Or promote more or less stuffing someone else's pockets. I get it, you know? You yeah. Know. But, you know, it, it looked at it in a different way. It does help break up the year. It gives you something fun to do. And, and what's, you know, who's it hurting, really? I mean, again, you're kind of... Nobody. Yeah, you're not really hurting anybody. Yeah. So I don't really yeah, think it it's a big deal in sense of, like, somebody saying, oh, wow, you're kind of nutty. But you got people that, like, you know, again, being from the Philadelphia area with the Mummers, I mean, the day after the Mummers parade, they're already starting for the next year. So it's that, right. like they That's spend, right. yep. you know, every day following nights and, you know, whatever, yep. you know, gearing up for it. So it's become, for my family, for my immediate family, it's become more of a tradition of mm-hmm. just like, hey, this is kind of fun. You know, it's just kind of. Sure. Yeah. We don't have to go all out and go nuts. Like, because sometimes the holidays can get stressful when you're trying to, sure. you know, oh, I got to get these cookies done. And, you know, I got to get my house done and my porch is off and there's painting still to be done. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> You know that story. Oh, I do. More than you, <laughs> you know. You know what I mean? Because, like, you know, like there's a lot of obligation, responsibility. You got to put on a good show for everybody. And you want to make it perfect, right? You're trying to make it perfect yeah, so everybody has a good time. Of course. And, of course, the of people course. that are trying to do that are so stressed out that they get so drunk that they say bad things to everybody. And <laughs> and then it's not good for anybody at that point. You know how that goes. <laughs> so... It's Russ the Boss. Steven Pearson from Rat, the Rat Bastard. You're listening to the Cosmic Voice. I know, everyone, this is supposed to be a music business show, but hey, we're cel- we're getting there. We are getting That's there. That's right. That's right. But before we get to the topic, Chris has secured yes. one of the best interviews I think anybody could ever have. And I am so excited about it. He worked hard to get this. He worked very hard, right? I Chris did. will be interviewing on this show right now, tonight, as you listen in this podcast, on your phone, on your laptop, on your computer, work, on Facebook, wherever you listen. Chris will be interviewing the man himself, good old Chris Kringle, St. Nick, Santa Claus, while he's down at the Jersey Shore. I think he's in Wildwood for this conversation, I think. But, I mean, you know, listen... I'm excited. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to listen a little bit. I may have some questions because I, I get a little I get a little tongue tied around my heroes. I mean, again, if you've ever heard my story about my run in with Paul Stanley, it was I, I I couldn't even get the camera to hold still. It's like blurry, and I got two shots with Paul looking at me as I'm snapping, saying "Security, get this guy!" Because I I had this deranged look, and I'm trying to I'm like. You know, I was I just kind of like I am right now. I couldn't get it out. I was just at the bat, the bat, and I couldn't press. I, I couldn't focus to save my rear. You know, you think that the phone would do it itself. Nah. Well, you can't when your hand's shaking. How can you do it? So, it's just like one of those things. It was it was pretty bad. And I think from that point forward, he made sure he didn't get near me at all. And I was kind of bummed out because <laughs> I I had my opportunity and I blew it. I blew it. I do remember. I mean, when I talked to KK Downing, was another one of my heroes. 
I think I stuttered through the first five questions. Um, you know what I mean? At the ba 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 ba. But I finally kind of relaxed at close to the end when he said, "All right, buddy, bye bye." And I was like, "Hey." He called me buddy. I mean, like, he called me buddy. <laughs> I, was, I was just like, you got to be kidding me. So yeah, so the, I mean, the stories of a fifty-year-old man, but you know how I'm going to be about Santa. So I don't know. I'm going to turn the mic over to Chris. I'm going to try not to make a uh, an idiot of myself here, but this is real exciting. Our Christmas in July episode. He's nowhere else. I mean, the fine I mean, at the Jersey Shore. I mean, well, everybody goes to the Jersey Shore, right? That's right. Especially Wildwood, now. you know, yeah, right now. I mean, this is the happening time with, you know. Anyway, Chris, take it over, buddy. Oh, all right. So we're, we're, we're going to get him on the line and uh, let's see if we can get him. Santa, are you there? Santa? <laughs> What's up, Chris? Santa! How you doing, buddy? How are you, sir? How is Wildwood? Oh, Wildwood is wild. I'm telling you, the women down here. You know. Wait. No, I left Mrs. Mrs. Claus. I left her up in the uh, in the hotel. You know, what I mean, she had a headache. There, so. Are you say that? Are you are you staying in Wildwood, or are you just there for the? You no, I'm in. I'm, no, I'm in Wildwood. I'm in Wildwood for 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 a bit. You know what I mean? I mean, I listen. I gotta have some time off too, and I. And at this time of the year, I, I, I come to the I come to the East Coast here in the U.S. You know. Mm. Have you have you ridden the tram car yet? Wow, well, not anymore. No, now that it's like eight dollars uh, one way, I'm not, I don't know. Do they don't. Or it used to be a dollar. You know what I mean? Now they want eight bucks or something like that. Watch the tram car, please. I... <laughs> <laughs> they don't. They don't. They don't give it to you for free. I mean, you're Santa, for God's sakes. Uh, Jersey, they give you nothing for free. You know, I mean, it's, it's bad. You know, I go to Wildwood because you don't have to buy tags for the beach. That is awesome. Well, Santa, listen, it is so awesome to have you on our show. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes. Thanks for uh, having just, me. We just, you're very welcome. Thank you. I just have a few quick questions for you. Um, so, Santa, the first thing I want to ask you is, are you aware of all the movies that are made about you? I am. I am. You know, I mean, they, they do the best that they can. I mean, I, you know, it's okay. You know, I mean, I, I like Kurt Russell. He did a good job. Oh, yeah. Well, that was a good one. Is uh, Do you have a favorite of them all? Uh, well, I don't know. You know, uh, I mean, Tim Allen did a good job, you know, at least in the first one he did. You know, but uh, I'll stick with Kurt Russell. I, I'm hoping that maybe Steven Seagal does a, uh, a version of me at some point. He's about the size. A little taller than I am, but uh, he could definitely fill out the suit. <laughs> is there any Christmas movie that you are included in that is that is um, like it's more close to you and your character, like who you are as a person? Uh, yeah. You know the Dudley Moore one? I, I, I do. I definitely do. Yeah, Santa was a little miserable. I guess that's more like me. You know what I'm saying? I'm a little more miserable. You know, not this time of the year per se, because I'm off. At that time of the year. You know. But I, 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 so are you saying around Christmas time, you're not as jolly as we think you are? No, it's, it's a stressful time. You know what I mean? It's a stressful time. But, uh, you know, I try, I mean, once I get on the sleigh, it's a different story. But, you know, leading up to that, it's really tough. Mm. 
Yeah, I, I, I can imagine that. And how are the elves? Are they are they working right now? And, and while you're sitting on the beach in Wildwood? Oh, uh, they're doing some. They get some time off. You know, they they put in like you know partial days. You know, I think they work four day a week. They got it. They're unionized now. You know how that works. Teams. Uh, what's small. it like a like a toy maker union? It's like a toy maker union. Well, we got you know we have. I mean, we have elves that you know that make the toys and the ones that you know you got the shipping and receiving guys. You got the guys that drive the truck. You know, you got you got a lot of things. It's it's like organized crime almost with them guys. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so Santa. You know, we were talking about movies. Is there a favorite animated movie that uh, that you enjoy? Mm. Animation. Mm. Well, I'm a you know I'm a Beauty and the Beast kind of guy at Disney. You know, early Disney. At least you know. Well, I don't know if it's early Disney, early modern Disney. You know, I like that. I mean, I like the Pixar stuff. You know, Wally. Do you? Uh, is there? A, do you have a favorite that includes yourself? A Christmas movie. Yes. Like, is there, is there an animated movie? Because you know, we were talking earlier about real action, real life. Is there any animated movies that you enjoy about Christmas and yourself? Prep and Landing, if you're the Grinch. Well, I like um, I like uh, Year Without a Santa Claus. That's a real good. Okay. One. You know, that was a, okay. that's a, that's a good one. He did a he did a good job. Yeah. yeah. Is there uh, so you're so you're enjoying uh, Wildwood? I love Wildwood. So, you know, I love the boardwalks. I love those Wildwood days. Are you walking to the ocean? Or are you taking a buggy? Like, how are you? You know, I got to get the exercise. I got to get my steps in too. You know, it's it's just not all you know cookies and uh, and and snow cones. You know, you got to stay in shape. I mean, I've been around a long time. You know, and I, that's not just by eating right. that. What is your favorite Wildwood food? I like the boardwalk fries. You know, I mean, oh, I, you yeah. know, uh, Max Pizza is okay. I guess there's you know Sorrento's four. I like that one. The, I probably like that pizza the best. You know, way on the other end. Uh, you know. North Wildwood area. Do you get vinegar on your boardwalk fries? Uh, a little bit. On the side. Yeah. Oh, on the side. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. When will you be heading back to the North Pole? Uh, for me, I don't really have to start anything until uh, late September. So I kind of, you know, I'll, I'll spend about a month or so down here. And then I, you know, I just kind of, I'll go check out New York. You know, I can blend in. You know, I don't really have, you know, one, I'm not wearing the red suit. You know what I mean? People don't even recognize me, you know, without the suit and the hat. Uh, which is okay. okay. I, I, you know, incognito. <laughs> My co-host, Mick Michaels, is a huge fan of the Christmas holiday. He's a huge fan of yourself. Any advice you would give him for the upcoming holiday? Advice. Don't spend a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just just yeah, enjoy it for what it is. It's, it is what it is. Make other people's dreams come true. <laughs> Nice. Very. That's very. That's very good. That's very thoughtful. What a yeah, what a great I mean, piece of advice. That's what I'm hoping this young girl does for me here. <laughs> what? So far, Mrs. Claus is helping out in that by not being here. Oh. What uh, what kind of um, ladies do you prefer, Mister Mister Claus? Breathing ones. <laughs> Yeah, oh ones that are at least breathing. Oh, is that is that right? When you're on the beach in Wildwood looking at all the young ladies, you don't have a type, right? You just you just like all the ladies. You got it. You got it, young do you, man. Do you uh were you a ladies man when you were younger? Oh yeah, it was easy getting elves, you know, especially when you're three times taller than them. <laughs> <laughs> you don't really have to try, you know what I'm saying? So yes, I I I'm aware. So Santa, you know, Mick and I we do a music podcast. 
you know, we talk about the ins. Well, we try to talk about the insides of the music business from the things we've learned and the things we've done trying to teach other people or at least give advice or opinions just so people maybe don't feel alone. Like sometimes, you know, when you're in this business, you you feel like you're the only one that's going through it. So Mick and I try to show you that, you know, there's you're not the only one going through it. And we try to offer advice and, and give our opinions. What are you listening to nowadays, music-wise? A lot of Elvis. Yeah? A lot of Elvis. Yeah, I did the Sirius XM channel, you know. I enjoy Elvis. He's a good guy. Oh, nice, nice. So you, are you, you, you like the classics? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a classic guy, you know, a little Sinatra, you know. I play guitar, yeah. you know, a little bit. I play a little bit of guitar. Oh, I, you do? Really? Yeah. I started on the saxophone, you know. I mean, again, that's, you know, if you... Kirk Russell got that right, you know what I mean? Oh. Okay. All yeah. right. That that that's. Was there anything else he got right in that movie? Because it really was a great movie. Uh, you know, he's got good hair. I gotta say, I, I got good he hair. Do, well, yes, he does have good hair, and you, yes, you do have good hair. You look, you look fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Well, and, you gotta uh, look, you gotta look good when you're on the beach. You know what I mean? Well, that's that's very true. You do have that summer hot bod now. I try to. Yeah. yeah, you look good. So, is there any Christmas songs that you really don't like? Uh, anything from uh, Taylor Swift? You know, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> How about <laughs> how about Mariah Carey? Uh, I don't really have a problem with her. You know, I mean, she is a little bit of a loony bin, but uh, she sings pretty good. I, I'm, I'm all right with them. Yeah. So I think so that there's a lawsuit now that she may have stolen some of them songs from somebody. Yeah, else. that's yeah. that's what I hear. That's what I hear. Yeah, I mean, if it's true, she'll be on the naughty list. You know. Yeah. Uh, that was my next question. I was going to ask you. She'd be on the naughty list if she, it came if it uh, is true. She would be. Uh, Santa, so I I, want to ask you because this is a a music podcast and we try to do like a lot of stuff on the inside that isn't really well known. So your naughty and nice list, is there, um, you know, is it it straight up or, you know, do you put people that you are crazy? Like, okay, so let's say you don't like Taylor's because you say you don't like her Christmas song. So do you put her on the naughty list just because you're not a fan? Or, or is this naughty and nice list on the up and up? Well, I think with any list, you know, it, it, it can be uh, massaged as needed, uh-huh. you know. I mean, if it's blatant. And, uh, you know, I mean, Taylor Swift, I mean, give and take. I mean, we, she shouldn't be held liable because she can't sing. But, uh, you know, I mean, if she does good things. Listen, just try to be nice, help people out. You'll stay on the, you know, on the, on the, uh, the nice list. Yeah. But nothing's permanent, right? Like life. No, not yet. That is true. Glad that you and Miss Claus and the elves made it through COVID. I'm super excited about that. Thank you for... Oh, yeah. Nothing lives up in the North Pole. Nothing like that lives up in the North Pole. Too cold, right? Yeah, Yeah. it just kills everything. That's why I'm here. I only spend a couple months up there, and then I'm out of there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And And I guess with it being so cold, you don't have to worry about bringing any COVID back. So that's a good thing. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, listen, Mr. Claus... Thank you so much. That is our time. I, we really, Mick and I really appreciate you hanging out with us tonight for our Christmas in July episode. And it was a super awesome pleasure to speak to you, sir. Um, I hope to see you uh, Christmas night. Well, if you do see me, you ain't getting anything. So go to sleep. <laughs> Thank you so much, Santa. You have a great vacation. You are listening to The Cosmic Voice with your hosts, Chris Natalini and Mick Michaels. Amazing. Man, Chris, did a great job, man, talking to Santa. I was just so nervous. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Christmas in July continues. So our topic tonight is... 
Can I be my own label? Can I be my own record label? Now, we've touched upon this in previous episodes in different capacities, but we're going to go full-blown on this. We're going to finish the episode with that in mind. What do you think, buddy? Can you be your own record label in today's modern music industry? What do you think, pal? You know, Mick, you and I have spoken about it before, and, you know, with the success of social media and uh, the way things are nowadays, uh, you know, obviously you can be, right? I think what it really comes down to is, do you have the knowledge or can you, obviously you can learn the knowledge, but do you have the knowledge to do it correctly and treat the artists that you sign as they should be treated, whether it be money or merch or digital sales, et cetera, et cetera. I will say this, I'm gonna bring this up because this is a perfect opportunity to bring it up. So a friend of mine, had posted uh, something on his social media and he posted something on his Instagram story that was taken down. And the reason it was taken down because of the song that was included in the story. The funny part about that was it was his own band. Oh. So my buddy, he posted, uh, just to give you a case I didn't make sense. So my buddy posted an Instagram story, used music for a story, but it was his own band and Instagram took it down because they claim that it, you know, copyright infringement or something like copyright that. Copyright infringement, which is crazy because it's his stuff. So, and he's on a label, which leads me to think that, and I'm not sure of the label he's on. I don't think it's American. I, I think it's like, uh, because of the kind of music he is, it's very underground. So I think it's like one of those little labels from overseas. So obviously it leads me to believe that somewhere it got lost, right? Because I know, you know, when you and I record material, you can you know, our stuff is on Instagram, it's on Facebook, and you can add it to stories and et cetera, et cetera. And you probably maybe know more about this, but I, I guess I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking to myself that I guess the label didn't enter the data correctly. Like, I, I mean, is that, could that be the issue here? It could be. When you're usually filling out that information for the distribution, they'll ask you who wrote it, who the writer of the song is. And yeah, is okay. this an original? Is this a cover? Who were the, you know, whatever the case is for there. Now, if people are using a stage name, they would prefer in the distribution, in the actual credentials that you're writing, the actual name of the writer, the real name, not a stage name, performing name, something like that. That way, okay. that way nobody can kind of like backdoor it and say, oh, you stole this from me or whatever that could be. Right. That could be part of the problem. Or they've taken all the publishing... Like so they when they register it, they register it under whoever has that distribution account, uh, which could be the an individual and or a company name, company entity. So that okay. may be part of the problem too. Believe it or not, I've had the same issue only on YouTube though. Okay. So okay. I've had label put the song up because it goes through their distribution and right. I put the song right. up as the artist. And I'll get in a copyright infringement thing. Now, just because you get a copyright infringement thing, say, on YouTube, they don't necessarily take it down. What they do is now, they used to, they used to give you so many days to either fight it or take it yes. down or something. But yes. now what they do is they just prevent you from, if there's a cease and desist, of course, you have three days or so to take mm. it down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like like something comes from Warner Brothers or something like that. You know. Yeah. But on the other part, like if people put up like a cover song that hasn't been licensed properly, they won't take it down. They'll say there maybe is a copyright infringement, but they won't permit you to monetize that video. And then right. they'll right. monetize it, and then whatever portion 
whatever they have allotted, you know, or they've worked out in an agreement for the publishing and licensing deal, the artist gets a piece of that, whatever that is. Could be a penny, right. could be, you know. How they're doing it for Instagram, I have no idea. And Facebook now owns Instagram, right? Or Meta or whatever it's called now. Yes, yeah, yeah. I believe that to be true. Yeah, so yeah. I'm not yeah. exactly sure how that works because you can use, like like you were saying, like, you know, you add something to your story or reel or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can put mm-hmm. in, but then again, there's a ton of songs, not just your own, that can be put in there. Oh. So I think if it's available Millions. to the public, then you can use them songs. How it is on Instagram, I don't know. I really don't know. I've never had that issue. But that would come from the label, correct? Again, if the label didn't have it set up properly. I know, again, with the problem that I had with YouTube, I had to contact my label. They were supposed to contact the distributor and have something worked out. To be honest with you, it never really did work out to see that copyright infringement tag being taken down. But I'm not really that concerned about it in that regard. Back when our album came out, I had done an interview with a friend of mine on her podcast and she was putting a clip of, of one of our singles at the end of the at the end of the show. She put it out on YouTube and it got flagged. And because of that, you know, it was copyright infringement. So she had to I don't remember how it played out, but she came to me and was like, Hey, is there a way we could talk to the label? And I emailed the label and the label was like, Really? Like that's crazy. And then he did something. He emailed something back and then it cleared through yeah. YouTube. And I, I think what that, that was, I, I have yeah, no idea. I, I think that a lot of them, because my label said the same thing, oh yeah, that doesn't make sense, you should be able to do whatever you want. So I think it's something that's probably in the standard mm-hmm. setup, but most people don't read anything, and they're not aware yeah. of So I guess there's that, and if you make contact, it can be fixed, but you know that depends on that. But So my point of bringing that up was, if you're going to become your own label, which you, you can if you put the work into it, Make sure all your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed because in the situations that Mick and I just gave in the examples, what's happening is the music's not getting out there. And, you know, even just being in someone's Instagram or Facebook story or whatever for that 30 seconds or 20 seconds, whatever it is, like that's 20 seconds that people may not hear your music. So make sure that if you're going to do this, if you're going to take on this massive thing, you know, to make sure that everything is is lined up because uh you know there could have been someone that was going to listen to my interview or whatever mixed thing was on youtube and my buddy's music would never be heard right and that could be that could lead to no sales because you didn't hear that music so to answer the question yeah i i, I do i know we've said it before you can it's just you know it is a lot of work and you have to make sure that uh you do everything the right way and fair uh, you know i think that's a huge thing too and if you do things fairly and you give yourself a good reputation, because I'm involved with a few different labels that may not be the biggest labels, but the reputation it means more to me than the size of what they have. And, and that, that really, to me, means a lot. I think the new industry or what's been available or made available to the artist and band has created the opportunity that, in essence, you can be your own label. Now, it depends on how you're looking at that and what you really want to call it. You may not want to be a label in the most traditional sense, but you're releasing your own material and you're doing all the legwork and you reap all the reward, however many pennies that is. But the point is, is it's all you. So you can decide, well, I want it on these platforms and not these platforms, or I want it on everything or, you know, right. You know, now if you look at all these different distribution 
platforms and packages that you can get from different people, different organizations rather, online, you get, say, like a standard package. Now, sometimes those packages are constantly added to as new negotiation. Mm-hmm. Some things are taken away, things are added, whatever. But then there's that next tier that you'd have to pay extra, right? Because they have to pay extra. So if you want it on this and you want it on this and this and this, you have to pay a little extra each month or per year or whatever your packages is. And again, like we talked about, like I think even in season one, labels buy packages so they can release so many artists a year. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, we, they, do they want five artists a year? Do they want ten artists a year? And this is sometimes why you'll, if you're working with a label and they have such a tight or limited release schedule because they can only release so many so many artists or singles or songs or albums per year and then it has to it starts all over again for the next year but then at the same time they got to keep the previous year still in rotation right so they have to keep adding oh, or right. you know yeah so it's a little it's a yeah. little different like that once you stop paying that music gets taken down that's kind of the point so today like you know again you get a lot of this. There's a lot of this all over. There's all these little labels, boutique labels, specialty labels, niche labels, whatever you want to call it, when really it's just people, individuals, just trying to do what the big guys once did, but in a much smaller capacity because, they, again, the funds, the unlimited funds aren't there. Most of those artists that they have on the label aren't bringing in large sums of money, both by music sales by touring, by merch. They're hitting it every way they can. Sometimes the the labels put up for the merch and, and this and that, yeah. and, you know, yeah. to try to recoup some of the money. But going back to, you have to make that decision as an artist or band, well, do I want to be a label in the traditional sense or am I just looking for a way to get my music out there and do that? The answer is yes, you can. And like yeah. you said, yeah. there's a lot more work involved. Like you have to do the you have to do the promo and the press and the marketing, the advertising. You have to do the artwork. You got to get it out there. Sometimes you got to negotiate things. You have to set yeah. up interviews and you know whatever time on shows or you know maybe that means adding to everything else that you're doing already. And today's music industry, and we've talked about this since the very first show. The artist today wears many hats if they choose to. If they don't right. choose to, right. a lot's not getting done. If you're waiting yeah, right. around for someone else to do it, it's not going to happen. If you're not paying somebody else to do it, it's definitely not going to happen if you're just waiting around. <laughs> right? You know what I'm talking about. Right. So <laughs> it's almost a catch-22. It's a rock and a hard place, right? I want to be a musician. Yeah. I get my material together. I'm ready to release it. Then what do I do? If I wait around for someone to do it, the music grows cold. Yeah. Right. If I take yeah. it upon myself, well, now it costs me. And that's kind of the gray area that a lot of artists and bands don't consider when they make this decision. The thing is, is in the old days, you signed over to a label. They pretty much owned you and they got 50 percent or more of publishing if they didn't get 100 percent. If you're a brand new band, they got right. rights to everything, control. And a lot of times at the end of the day, the artist didn't get anything. Yeah. Once the Rolling Stones figured that out, they created their own record label. Yeah. So they could, you know, get more control. More and more artists have done that over the years because they're trying to keep more of a percentage, right? Yeah. But when you have the numbers, when you have the backing for someone to do and you don't and you get used to that, 
Uh, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow when you realize, hey, you know what? If I'm my own label, that means I am 100% responsible for it. Everything. If it lives, dies, breathes, goes cold, goes sour, that means financially the burden's on me. Yeah. Yep. And as you and I had talked, and just most recently off the air, like my thinking has always been, at the end of the day, it's the whole responsibility falls on me or my band or whatever project I'm in because you can't count on anybody. And if, and if you're taking on project, it's not like somebody greenlit my project. My project is something right. that I took upon myself. And the goal then is, is once I get it all going and whatever, then I figure out how I'm going to work this out. How am I going to finance it? I've come to the realization, well, it's going to be on me. Well, then I try to get creative on how I can make this work. That's when the wheeling and dealing. That's what a good record exec kind of does. They make things happen. Yep. Right? So that's that savvy, that business that an, an artist or band or someone from the band starts to get involved in once they start down the road of being their own label. You could be a label. To create the label, a name, whatever. You have one artist, you. And that's okay, right? Because yeah. we had yeah. talked about this long time ago, especially in the first season, that sometimes you may want to create a separate entity so it doesn't look like... Because years ago, an artist that was promoting themselves was kind of looked at as like, well, you know, if a label's not taking a chance on you, then maybe we shouldn't either. It's really, you know, it's, it's non-professional, Right. It's not necessarily the case so much today, especially with a lot of bigger names kind of just representing themselves. Yeah. You know? Yep. I mean, you still have some people, you have a lot of people that are on labels because either they're successful, they have such a track record, and the money keeps rolling in from their back catalog. Well, for the most part, Indian in the trench artists, we don't have that opportunity, do we? So the more people we get involved the more they're taking from whatever could come back to us and that's less than we get so you know that's okay too if you want to be one of those bands and you've seen bands like major bands that then get to a point two guys create their own label because they're trying to help the scene be more of an artist's label than a corporate label right kind of get that development there's still places like that that you can go but it gets harder and harder because listen at the end of the day as much of a community feeling you want to provide that, hey, we're trying to build the scene, give people an opportunity or whatever. Like, if you're not making ends meet and the money ain't coming in, then it's not a charity, right? And unfortunately, everybody goes back to that certain mentality. So if you're going to deal with other artists, like you were saying, you got to make sure everything's in line because now you're responsible for someone else's career as well as funding it financially yeah right yeah so that's that's a big burden and i've seen many of an independent label get burned in that process because they get excited yeah we're signing you we're signing them we're signing them all of a sudden you got 15 bands signed and you got this release schedule that you're not sure how and then you're trying to juggle things around and and bands get like well we're gonna have to push that off or or you know, we, I don't think we can do that right now. Well, yeah, but I'm ready to go. You know what I mean? So right. it's, I've been in those situations, and they're tough. They're tough. Yeah. And, you know, as my story goes, you know, when COVID hit, uh, we were with a German-based label. And unfortunately, at that time, Germany got hit so bad that it affected everybody and everything that our label had closed shop and said, we're not doing anything, no more releases. I know we have some on the deck, but nothing's coming out. We're done. 
we were fortunate enough that they let us go before everything got so bad. And right. everything was null and void at that point, which was really great. They didn't hold us to the wire with anything. We didn't hold them because we understood. Again, I mean, that's kind of community. You know, everybody was full. But that's not everybody. We were just thankful that we were able to move on and find something else. But that's not always the case. So going the route independently to be your own label, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, you know, why not? Especially in today's yeah. market. You give it a shot. But like you said... You got to be prepared to work because that's when yeah. that's when the game really starts. Yep. Yeah, give it a shot. Do it. There's plenty of packages out there, man. Like everybody, everybody offers an opportunity to get your music out there. And even if you're not paying, even if you're not paying for something, you can create a YouTube channel and release your music yourself, right? That's yeah. a way to have your thing. You can stream it on, through Facebook make little videos you put it out there so your music's getting out there you make it downloadable on your website so if you didn't want to buy a distribution package and i get it not everybody has the money for that i mean right everything right. involves some kind of money unfortunately yeah. and you, yeah. you can't negotiate with these guys because you never really talked to anybody it's all done online you yep. click a few buttons you never meet anybody from these distribution <laughs> places like right unless you're somebody from Metallica and you call up and go hey you know and then you're all of a sudden their poster child and they're paying you yeah you know what i mean yeah. so yep. you put your stuff on your website make it available on your social media then you'll never have a problem with the copyright thing going back to that copyright thing a lot of that has to do with the labels don't want these songs showing up someplace that yeah. could be a potential marketing tool for somebody to make somebody else money somewhere else, and they're not being paid properly for it yeah. in any way, shape, or form, right? Because, again, all these independent labels, even the big guys, everybody wants a return on their investment. It comes down at the end of the day, sad to say, but are we getting paid? Is this artist making money? And unfortunately, most artists, and I'd say 95% of artists, and that includes everybody, top to bottom, in between, all around. 95% of them ain't making money. It's that small no. 5%. And from that 5%, you got the one percenters. Yeah, I, I think, too, even even your bigger names, too, I would like to, I, you know, I would love to see your big names. I would love to see a breakdown of their income and, and what goes out because I pretty much can guarantee you, no matter who it is, whether it's the Stones or Metallica, they're probably making nothing of their music but they're making money in other places, whether it's sponsors or whether it's merchandise or it's touring or it's, you know, colognes or whiskey or whatever else anybody else is doing. You know, stuff like that leads me to believe that there's not a lot of money being made with, by music, just music itself. Sure. Let's put that in perspective. Stones and Metallica, Bon Jovi, Bruce Springsteen, Neil Young, they're making money on their streaming of their catalogs. They're not making well, the kind of money. They're yes. making more money than the average artist, right? But they're not making yes, the kind yes, of yes, money yes. that they made with real album sales back in the day. These are guys that made their money from their catalog a long time ago. Like when I say the money, I mean millions, right? They are <laughs> right. still but making are they... money, but they're not making the kind of money that they once did. But I'll take no, that and, kind and, of money. Well, yeah. And are they making the money that actually deserves to be made? I mean, wow. you know, there's, what, there's, what, yeah, you know, that's there's, a, that's a, that's a tough question. Is, does any of that music, you know, it's like an athlete being paid tens of millions of dollars to run around a field when there's, you know, missionaries barely making a, 
you know, yeah. a minimum wage or there's firefighters or police yeah. officers or, you yeah. know, even our military. Teachers. Yeah, teachers. Yeah. I mean, I'm not here to debate that in one way or the other. We need all those in some form or another in our lives to complete them. But that's tough. Yeah, I don't know. That that I don't know. But I, I know what you're saying. I do know what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. And it makes perfect sense when you compare it to previous sales of what real album sales were compared to yeah. what album sales are today. Right. You know, like I go back to the quote that MC Hammer once said, and I'm going to paraphrase, but in his VH1 Behind the Music, though they were painting a picture, he was going bankrupt and he had this. And he says, well, I, I just, you know, just to put it in perspective, it's not like I had to go out and get a job in a factory carrying boxes. Right. It wasn't right. that kind of right. right. So right. his lifestyle just changed from Ferraris <laughs> to, you know, real nice Lexus. <laughs> right. So, you know what I mean? I don't know. Right. <laughs> well, what do you think, bud? Anything else you want to add? Did we cover it? You got something else you want to throw no, out there? No, no, because we covered it in a previous episode, and, and, and you know, I still feel the same way. But, uh, yes, to answer the ultimate question, yes, I do believe that you could be your own label, uh, you know, if you're ready to put the work into it. And that's, at the end of the day, that's what really matters. Absolutely, I agree. Just put your time in, be prepared to work, but you can make it work. And there's ways around it. So if you have a minimal budget and you can only hit some of the online platforms, there's some of the free ones like Facebook, like your website, like YouTube. You start a channel. You can even start a podcast. That's right. To create, to talk about your music, and then you play a song or two. And you just yep, get it out there, right. right? If it's just about getting yep. out there. All that's right, it. if you like that, check out some of our other episodes at www.thecosmicvoice.com. Step into the cosmic verse and fill that void. Merry Christmas in July, everyone, and thanks so much for listening. This is The Cosmic Voice. Be sure to check us out at thecosmicvoice.com. Like and follow us on Facebook at The Cosmic Voice. You can find The Cosmic Voice everywhere you listen to online podcasts, like Deezer, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, and so many more. Mick and I would like to say thank you very much for tuning in, and we will see you next week. You're listening to The Cosmic Voice. Music, talk, and nothing but business.